If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Man on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Once again, you are listening to the greatest show on the internet. Get Rich Quick with Josh. And Noel. And why are we the greatest show, Noel? I'll tell you why. Okay. Because we give people all that they need to become fantastically, incredibly, insanely wealthy. And what do we ask? 10%. 10%. That's all. That's Take it. our ideas. Make <clears throat> them flesh. Flesh and Make give us ten percent. Mm-hmm. We do nothing. We sit on our butts and come up with gold. That's right. That's right. Um, it was weird. Just uh, you know, you always mm-hmm. say the ten percent line, and it's funny when I got. I almost like forgot forgot <laughs> that it's ten percent. <laughs> it was so thrown away that wow, I'm going to say this. Oh my god, I had to prepare myself a little internally in that split second yep. between when you said that and. Uh, and I uh, said what I said. You did well, Josh. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was genuinely just fishing for a com- compliment. Compliment. How yes. are you, Noel? I'm great. A <clears throat> uh, little business to begin. Let's biz it up. Let's biz it up. So uh, we we are going to mention this every show, so just get used to it. There are ways to support uh, Radio Free Brooklyn and Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel with hard cash money. Since uh, we have not received, uh, you know, to stay on the air right now, we're, uh-huh. st- we're still in our infancy. We're almost a year old. Yes, that's by right. By the way, that's very exciting to me that we are very close to having 52 episodes every week like clockwork. Yep. 52 episodes of uh, Get Rich Quick with Josh and, and Noel. Noel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pavlovian response. Yeah. I can train you very well. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, there's something uh, there's a, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, it is. It's good. That we've been managed to do this for a year. That's right. How much we hate each other in real life. I would have thought maybe one tithe would have come in by now. Oh, you you would have th- thought. But my guess is people are waiting. So this is the thing. You know, quick is obviously a relative term when you're dealing in ideas that are multi- billion dollar ideas like many of ours are uh you know if it's two years three years four years five years to Mm -hmm. build up that business that's not really that long a period of time you know many multi-billion dollar companies are generations to build up to that right so i i don't necessarily as much as i have spoken about major corporations taking our ideas and using them uh, I won't name names, so we can still maintain our sponsorship possibilities. <laughs> Noel is very <laughs> afraid that some of these major corporations will not sponsor us um, <laughs> if I call them out. Uh, and uh, uh, we're never getting money from them, and we don't have the legal uh, uh, backing right now to do so, but we will eventually. Oh, we're going to be a powerhouse. And, oh, they're going down. Yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. can't wait to own Apple. When we are... The richest show in the world, uh-huh. probably in the next year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, 
Watch out if you're our enemy. That's right. <laughs> we will take them down one by one. As I draw my thumb across my throat yeah. to let them know that I'm, we're, cutting, we're cutting them up. Uh, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> we still need, you know, we and Radio Free Brooklyn uh, still need a little money to keep, keep things on the air, to keep things going. So there are two ways you can do this. If you like us fine, but you really like Radio Free Brooklyn more than you like us, you can go to patreon.com and go to the Radio Free Brooklyn page, mm-hmm. and you can give a one-time donation. You can set up a monthly donation of any sum of money. That's right. And uh, you could even put a note in there saying, uh, we don't like Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please make sure they see no rewards for this. Yep, and they will and they will take all that money for themselves. Yep. But if you love Josh and Noel... Yeah. You love us being on the air. You're kind of eh about Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> but you're like, uh, these guys are okay because they at least have are the reason we have Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. You can go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, their website, click on our show page, and you will see a button down there on our show page to sponsor. That's right. And you can sponsor in increments. I think it's one, five, ten, twenty. Uh, it's all all over the place. right. It's all over the place. But you'll see it on there. Uh, the commitment is for a season, which is six months or the remainder of a season. So at this point, it'll be probably about five months. Yeah. And so you will be committing to uh, give us that money once a month for the remainder of the season, whatever that may be, and that money gets split between Radio Free Brooklyn, which keeps them humming, keeps shows on the air, Mm -hmm. and us at Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, which keeps us humming and maybe gets us dinner once a week or something uh, like that. Keeps us in golden caviar. That's right, golden caviar. Uh, so there, business out of the way. Out of the way. Probably spend way too much time on that, but that's what we do. We ramble on. That's right. Um, but that being said, it's time to uh, officially start the show. <laughs> <laughs> what was so funny about that? It's just a very procrastinating way to uh, to finally get to the show that we haven't started yet. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Noel. Yes. Howdy. Howdy. I have been, uh, reading a book. Oh, okay. Which I never do. But I'm reading this book because a friend of mine wrote this book. Okay. He's written many books. Is your friend George R. R. Martin? It is not. Uh, I thought we were reading the same book. I have the galleys of the, uh, of, of the next, of the book that isn't finished yet. Really? I know everything that's going on. In Game of Thrones, that you don't, and it's got n- whatever's going on in the TV show has nothing to do You're with what he's writing. Uh, you can call me a liar. I'll be proved right when the book is out okay. and you read it, and you're like, "Oh my God, they've gone on completely different paths." Well, of course they're gonna. They are different universes as of this season. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, you um, were saying you anyway, were reading a book. So I was reading a book by my friend, the author Peter Rock. Uh, it is a book called The Shelter Cycle. Peter has written many books, uh, six to be exact, um, and he is uh, not terribly prolific. I mean, he's been doing this for a while, but his books are really kind of beautiful. But this book is interesting. I just want to do a shout-out for it. It is... The rough outline of it is... uh, It is about a woman who uh, goes back to Montana Mm -hmm. um, after she finds out that... Uh, 
the home that she grew up in, which was part of a uh, doomsday cult called uh, the Church Universal Triumphant, headed up by Elizabeth Prophet. This is an actual cult. Yeah. Um, that that was in Montana uh, has 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 completely gone belly up, and everything's about to be destroyed. And she's having a child of her own, and she's sort of. Uh, uh, going back to sort of, I think, get a sense of, of what her past was to make sense of it, to mm-hmm. sort of look forward to her future. It's a very uh, somber, uh, uh, beautifully written book. But I had actually uh, visited Peter when he was living out in Montana, very close to, not far at all from, the Church Universal Triumphant and uh, Pastor Elizabeth Prophet. And I remember, I may have talked about this in past episodes, but they all wore purple. Mm-hmm. And you'd like go to the the corner, you know, the 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 general store or something like that, because this was in Livingston, Bozeman, that area. Um, and uh, you'd see these people all dressed in purple in their in their trucks. And we drove by their compound many times, and there was all this construction going on. And what they were doing uh, was putting in massive underground bunkers. Okay. Uh, like huge metal uh, drums that people could live in and then burying them with whole air filtration systems. There was constantly work going on in there, apparently. And I I was just so intrigued by this. I mean, I really, like, I mean, I did this when I I went and visited him when I was 19 years old. So we're talking, you know, almost 30 years ago. Yeah. And it's the most vivid memory of that trip for me. Um. And uh, and he wrote this book that sort of has to do with it. And it was interesting because he got a little more into uh, he did a lot of research, went back there uh, while he was writing it, um, did a lot of research, spoke to a lot of people who had been members of the church. And it's a good book to read. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a a really well-written book. uh, Beautiful story. Um, It's a terrible book review, as it were, but (laughs) I recommend it very highly, highly. Peter Rock, The Shelter Cycle. But that being said, it does dovetail surprisingly, right into our topic today, Noel. That's right. And our topic is... It's the apocalypse. That's right. Doomsday. Boom. Boom. Zombies. Yes, no, maybe. Who knows? God, the four horsemen. Yeah. The devil and Jesus. Yeah. The shit hits the fan. Splat. T-S-H-T-F. (laughs) <laughs> For all those of you that understand all of the different concepts of the apocalypse, of doomsday, of what people are expecting in this world in various forms, that all makes sense. Yep. When you look at sort of the prepper world, they uh, uh, <clears throat> have all sorts of acronyms for everything. And they're not like acronyms like SCUBA, where it's, like a, where it's stuff like when the shit hits the fan, WT, you know, SH. I F T F yeah I F T F yeah right and that's so they just shorten everything up with those kind of things and if you're a prepper you know this sure you got things I'm to do. not I'm not a prepper but I looked at a lot of prepper sites <laughs> okay while researching this um but uh, Noel mm-hmm. as always I'm sure you are awash in uh. Golden information. That's right. You know, uh, I I now cannot wait for the apocalypse because it's going to be big money. Uh, <laughs> I was a little I was a little iffy on the apocalypse uh-huh. before, but now bring it. <laughs> um, what do you got for me, Daddy? Uh, okay, we're gonna start it out like a like a firecracker. Uh huh. 
Like a bolt of lightning from the heavens. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, the apocalypse. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> proceeded with the, the first phase of the apocalypse. Uh-huh. Is the rapture. Right. And the rapture is when all the true believers. Uh-huh. And even dead get pulled up bodily, physically taken into the sky mm-hmm. to heaven. Uh-huh. Uh, and then after that is the tribulation, which is seven years of tribulation. Uh-huh. This is all New Testament stuff, right? Well, it's actually after the New Testament. I, I was brought up Catholic, and we were basically told to ignore all this. Oh, really? Yeah. So Catholics don't believe in that? That's all evangelicals? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's news to this Jew. <laughs> I thought you all believed in that shit. No, no, okay. no, no. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so you've got you've got the rapture, then you've got the tribulation. Yeah, and then and then is the end after that. I, okay. You know, so um, <clears throat> a lot end. of people have, you know, really put their butts on the line about, like, here's the end. Yeah. I'm going to sink everything in. You've got all these different uh, religious sects mm-hmm. that uh, you know they're really they're saying dates, taking names, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then what happens? They you know they got mud on their face afterwards when they do the, when that day goes by. I, uh, I'm always amazed by that one, the one where the, there's the one guy in particular yeah. whose name I can't remember, and he was very recently. I think it was supposed to be 2012 or 13, something yeah. like that. This is the date. This is the time. Yeah. When everywhere news, you know, news ads rooms, on the subway, yeah, ads on the subway <laughs> news. It was being reported on the news, and then it didn't happen. Surprise, surprise, and mm-hmm. then nothing. No mea culpa. You know what I mean? No, hey, I screwed up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That... And he had done it before. Yes, he'd done it. I think several times. Yeah, it happened with the Lubavitcher Rebbe as well. Oh, really? Well, yeah. The the, the you know. Uh, the Lubavitch Jews, yeah. which is a sect of ultra-Orthodox Judaism, a sect of Hasidim, uh, believe that uh, the Lubavitch Rebbe, Rebbe was the second coming of Christ. And, and uh, well, he was—sorry, not the second coming of Christ. He was the first coming. He was supposed to be the, uh, the Son of God. Okay. Okay? And when he died, he would come back. And they had a date, like when he died, it was supposed to be, I think, like two weeks afterwards, he was going to come back, and that was going to be that he was the Messiah. Yeah. Right? And he died, didn't come back. <laughs> Lubavitch Jews are still going strong. Yeah. I don't know what their what their whole line of, of reasoning is. I don't know what their thought process is now with, with what's going on. Oops, made a mistake. Yeah. You know, I guess we read those scrolls wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I don't get it. But those are the guys that do all the mitzvah tanks. Yep. Those are all the Lubavitch Rebbe. You know, uh, a, a friend of mine said a great thing about that, uh, the the Christian guy who we were talking about right. who made the the bad call uh-huh. on the end of the world. <laughs> uh, and he's like, I always imagine these guys go out there on top of a big hill, all their followers, and then the end of the world doesn't come. And next time they go out there, and they're at the top of the hill with his kids and a smaller group of followers, and the end of the world doesn't come. And then he goes out the third time, and all that's left are his children, 
and he touches his children. <laughs> <laughs> the whole purpose of it is to get to that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, so, as, as we see, sometimes you know it can be hard to put a date on these things. So you really want uh, an end of times scheme that is self-supporting and will earn you money before everything goes to crap, right? Right. Well, because it's all over then, right? Well, no. You have you have the tribulation. You have seven right. years. So is the, is the trib? Just so I understand, the tribulation that is for all the people that don't ascend to yeah. heaven. Okay, gotcha. So you have a seven year period there that you got to keep going. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so uh, I, I started looking around. I saw one thing that kind of piqued my interest, mm-hmm. and it was in Japan. There are a chain of bars called Mister Kanzo. And they have all canned goods, and it's a bar, and anything you order on the menu is just canned. And there were reviews on TripAdvisor of people eating the horse meat from a can and mm-hmm. all this stuff. People love it. Does well. So that good. That's in the right, in the right vein, you know. But uh, but we want to really <clears throat> focus more on the apocalypse. You know, we we need more than canned goods when that happens. So. I found uh, You've Been Left Behind, which is a post-rapture email service, (laughs) and Christians pay $40 a year for 150 megabytes of space, uh, and it will auto-email whatever you've got in there to up to 12 addresses after the rapture. It's all Christians employed there, Uh so it works on a dead man switch that has many safeguards, so basically it's like the bunker and lost and if you don't press that button, something's going to happen. So they keep these emails not sending by pressing the button every day. And then one day when they're all sucked up into heaven, no one's going to be there to press that button. These emails go out. So I don't. what is the point of this? Uh, it'd probably just send out to their friends, like, here's where my safety p- deposit box is, you know, things like that. But there, this, there's still business to be taken care of. If they, no, there's not. Sure, it's there is. the fucking tribulation. Yeah, and the world goes on. But I thought, isn't it like you're kind of in a weird limbo, hellish kind of situation? No, there's a whole bunch of predictions of what's going to happen. So there's no later on. I'll go through. Okay. All right. I, uh, all right. I'm left hanging. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, you're left hanging. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so that good. You know, they're they're, they're supporting themselves. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They've got an end game here. I found another one which uh, appealed to me even more, and it was called EternalEarthboundPets.com, and it's a service to take care of your pets after the rapture, uh, and they, they, they had the opposite take on this, right? They ensure that all their employees are atheists, but they're good people, and they have no criminal records. They're in 27 states. They charge $135 for a guarantee that your pet will be taken care of if the rapture happens within 10 years of paying. And then $20 per additional pet. So after 10 years, you got to pay $135 again. Uh-huh. And these are all people guaranteed animal lovers who will not be raptured because they are atheists. So th- this, is, this is the thing about that one. Uh-huh. I, I love it. I love it, right? I, lo- I love it. But. It's like it's a it's a weird thing in that so it's Christian owned. Atheist. It's atheist owned. Yeah. An atheist run. So they're they're just this is so okay, that makes it so much better. Yeah. Like if it was Christian owned, I I have this sinking feeling like, wow, this person really believes this. Like he thinks he's really providing a 
uh, 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 something for these people but the fact that it's atheists don't and they just don't believe it in any way essentially there's something weirdly unethical and scammy about it yeah right but yet <laughs> i wish them all the luck in but, the world but they're charging a le- for legitimate service it's right. insurance if there is or if there is certainly we've all been hit with by our our uh christian and catholic friends yep of the well okay but what if i'm right yep Right for those of us that are atheists or agnostics, the the but what if I'm right? That's so right. they're safeguarding. Okay, so what if you're right? Yeah. I'm stuck here. Hundred thirty five dollars. Herschel, but will I'll be taking take care, care of your dog. Yeah. No, I'm. I, I'd, I'll be taking care of Herschel on my own. Believe me. <laughs> There's no. Uh... So I thought great. You know, emails forty dollars. Your beloved pet one hundred thirty five dollars. What do people care about even more? And they'd be willing to pay more for. Uh huh. They're godless children. Oh my God! <laughs> right, it's true. They're they're children who have rejected the Bible. They're ch- they're gay children. They're well, they may not care that much about their gay children. Well, they might though. Right, I'm saying. Oh, you're right. But... So uh, I'm proposing that you set up uh, for dramatically more a service that will promise to give a basement for these kids to live in. After the tribulation, after you are gone mm-hmm. and your basement has gone up to heaven, uh, your godless children. It's a good that wow. That's, yeah. that's and, and and then with that you can charge in the thousands. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, you're taking care of kids. That's food. Yep. That's school. Yep. Although I don't know if there's only going to be seven years left afterwards, what's the point of school? Yeah. Well, and but whatever it may be, you're you're setting up like an orphanage for uh, for uh, godless kids. Yeah, millennials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had a question. Oh, it's got to be a real bummer though uh-huh. for those people that think they're going to be taken away. That don't. That don't. And they've spent all this money. Is there some kind of a refund policy? Nope. Nope. You're just you're just you paid the money and yeah. it's a done deal. Huh. Cause there are people out there that, you know, just because you're a churchgoer, yeah, doesn't mean you're going up top. No, nope, does not. I'm just saying, you know, keep that in mind. But uh Wow. That's oh I love that yeah. so much. There you go. So uh, someone out there, take it, grab it, give us 10%, mm-hmm. and keep parents, holy parents, peace of mind. Yeah, it's all about giving them peace of yeah, mind. Yeah, that their abortion-riddled children will have a place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just riddled with abortion. Oh, my God. Oof. That was a good one. Yeah, thanks. Um. So uh, I looked at uh, the idea of the apocalypse from a couple different angles, right? So there's the apocalypse, like the great apocalypse, as of the religious apocalypse mm-hmm. you're talking about. But there's also what many you know people are considering an apocalyptic scenario, okay? Right, where whatever it may be, the end of <clears throat> the world as we know it, but not necessarily some sort of religious upheaval. Yes, right. The Talk of the collapse of the banking industry, people running amok on the street, uh, <clears throat> deadly viruses ravaging major cities around the world, etc., etc. Comets. <clears throat> Comets is another good one. It's a big one. Right. And 
<clears throat> we had actually, I think, in a in a uh, <clears throat> spend that money, we had uh, done a thing on a luxury underground uh, uh, living spaces. Yes, where you had huge, and it was just all you know, old bunkers that had been turned into beautiful apartments. And, uh, you know, round-the-clock guards, and you paid X amount of dollars, and when the shit hits the fan, as they say, you got a place to go to. Mm -hmm. I thought about what about for us lesser people, right? Why are there no prepper-gated communities? And I take a look, and sure enough... Yeah, there's lots. I can tell you that right now. There's not lots, no. Well, they're out there, though. There's one that is in the process of being... Well, not even in the process of being built, but it's in the process of being planned by the 3% Patriots, who is a big militia prepper group. Okay. Um, and theirs is based very much on sort of a medieval uh, uh, city style, All right? right? Where inside the city gates, which are very much going to be stone, massive stone gates, uh, they have their own uh, 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 weapons manufacturing facility. They will have uh, uh, homes for up to 3,000 people. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et you get the idea, right? It's yeah. gonna have a farmers market, dress shop, shops, the whole nine yard. But it's a community of like-minded people. And I thought, well, what if all you have that that you know, and but you all have to be three percenters, right? Which not everyone is a three percenter. Not everyone believes that you know there are people out there that are full-on liberals mm-hmm. that believe that it's just gonna happen, and they just want to be ready yeah. for when it happens. They don't want their life interrupted so much. <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, you know, they don't necessarily feel like, you know, the government is out to get them. They don't necessarily feel like they're the tip of the spear. Nothing like that. They're just like, I just don't want to die. Yeah. Okay. And I thought. So something like the three percent is not terribly inclusive. Right. It's only inclusive if you're a three percenter. Right. So the Citadel is what they're calling it. And I was like, eh, they want to build it in the uh, in the American Redoubt. I don't know if you've heard about the American Redoubt. Mm-mm. That is a, 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 a an area of the country that has been uh, deemed the best place to go if you're uh, in for when the shit hits the fan. It, OK, it, 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 it is uh, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, eastern Oregon and eastern Washington. They are the areas with the most lax gun laws, <laughs> um, the most remote areas. And uh, people will leave you alone. Okay. And they're also the least racially diverse areas. Okay. Surprise, surprise. Um, <clears throat> and I thought to myself, well, what about for us urbanites? Yeah. Right? I'm moving along in my life. I'm, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I don't want to get shit on if it does happen. Sure. So I thought, why doesn't someone come up with a prepper co-op or condo? Okay. Large building multi-story building that essentially is off the grid, uh-huh. right? Runs on its own electrical power, right? So it's all, it's it's super green, right? Covered in uh, 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 solar panels, right? To keep the elevator running, to keep your refrigerators running, to keep uh, uh, water running. Working with a uh, uh, water collection system down in the basement, green space, surrounded a green space, which is farming. And, and, you know, we've done the whole urban farming thing. We know what we can do. Miniature cattle, mini pygmy goats, rabbits. You can live for a long time on this stuff. Um, And, you know, a security system, but all in a more affordable range for an average, well, New York City, Chicago, L.A., middle class being a relative a relative thing. So I had this idea for a prepper co-op for urban areas. 
And uh, there's nothing out there like that. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an investment. It's not like you're going to come up with with no money. But there is a huge urban prepper community out there, particularly in like the Pacific Northwest, Seattle, Portland, um, and down south in you know Louisville mm-hmm. and areas of areas like that. But there's a lot of people in urban environments that uh, are concerned about this. Yeah, they're ready to roll. They're ready to roll, but they got no place to live. And so you can have people of color there. Yeah. Because there is there is a, a a community of people of color who are preppers, but they're never uh uh you never hear about them. No. They all live in urban areas, but they got their go bags ready. They're learning their hand to hand combat mm-hmm. in case they need to survive. I've always had uh, <clears throat> a fantasy. I'm a big zombie fan. Okay. Fan of all things yeah. zombie. And I've always sort of, I've figured out how I would survive. If the zombie apocalypse just happened and I was not prepared for it, I have totally figured out how I would survive the zombie apocalypse in my neighborhood. You know, the, I feel like where I'm situated in my house, in a courtyard, surrounded by other pretty buildings, good. Yeah. is pretty good just on that front. The fact that I can break into, easily break into the basement of the bodega and two restaurants that surround me and so I can survive on food for a while while I figure things out, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think, so then I thought, well, okay, so we've got this, but how are we going to survive this, really survive this? And I thought, well, are there any apocalypse workouts out there? And... You can find on a lot of these prepper sites, like they tell you things you need to be ready for, how to do, but there's no major exercise chains mm-hmm. doing an apocalypse workout, right? Because the one thing that you don't realize, you got to be in shape for the apocalypse. Sure. Yeah, there's you need a, stamina. You need stamina. There's a lot of climbing involved, right? There's a lot of possible hand to hand combat involved. You have to be strong. Yeah. The weak will not survive. Right. So while you're prepping this, while you're working on the co-op, open up a gym that specializes in apocalypse survival workouts. Okay. Work on finding out the specifics of things you're going to need. Right. And then integrate that in an overall workout. Sure. Carry jugs of water. That's right. Exactly. There's stamina stuff, carrying jugs of water, uh, uh, food and backpacks. Um, uh, I mean, a lot of typical military stuff, but there's got to be other stuff that's involved, too. I haven't fully fleshed out the, <laughs> the workout regime, but that's up to you to do. Yep. But that, that's what I got. I got apocalypse workout and prepper co-ops for urban areas. Yeah, I like it. All right, then. Yeah, big money uh, in the apocalypse, guys. But, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of other money in a lot of other places. So every week, along with our topic... We include just a little nugget of, of knowledge having to do with some other way for you to get rich. Uh, so if you are carrying a jug of water right now, uh, if you are checking your dog into a atheist kennel for the rest of eternity, uh, <laughs> you might want to listen to this, come back later, listen to the rest, and get even more rich. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week 
Brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. You can make your own sleeve blanket by wearing a bathrobe backwards, which amusingly sounds like something that Alan Partridge would write. But obviously, a lot of people feel that this maybe makes you look a bit stupid. But looking stupid is no problem at all as far as Scott Boylan is concerned, and he made $200 million from creating the Snuggie, fueled by funny commercials that made it a media sensation. Several leading US talk show hosts also cover the product, which is ridiculous. So ridiculous, in fact, it couldn't be patented, leading to 20 million units being sold in its first year of availability. So the Snuggie, $200 million. There's no bad ideas is what I'm trying to get to with that. <laughs> oh. uh, Noel hates the Snuggie. I hate the Snuggie. I personally find the Snuggie fine. It's my wife's favorite was I don't know what happened to her Snuggie, actually. She probably threw it away and tells you she likes it. <laughs> I think I didn't buy her Snuggie. She, she, I got, think she remembered her pride one day, I, I tossed may, it. <laughs> <laughs> I may have bought her a Slanket. Okay. Which is a, a knockoff. <laughs> yeah, you didn't knock even get a brand name. No, I got over the Slanket. They couldn't patent it. I love that it was such a stupid idea that you couldn't actually hold a patent on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yet the guy made $200 million on it, yeah, Noel. He, didn't, he made a lot of money. I'll, I'll give him that. $200 million. Yep. Dollars. yep. I think oh. it's a sign of what? <laughs> the coming apocalypse. apocalypse. That's right. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of signs about the coming apocalypse. There are. Um, Donald Trump. For one, <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember the uh, the the part about the orange man. Well, I, there is a, a a leader will be elected and take power that will end up being uh, the Satan. Right? When, weren't they saying that was? Uh, I'm trying to remember in in one of those Nostradamus predict shows from many years ago. Uh huh. They they keep saying it's everywhere. right. It was it was uh uh uh. uh not Gaddafi. Why I suddenly can't remember his name. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Uh, okay. So after the uh, rapture, you've uh-huh. got the tribulation. I went on a site called RaptureReady.com and uh, read up a little bit about the tribulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a rapture-ready survival guide. Uh huh. And I thought, great, this is going to be where I find out how to make money. Uh, the seven years after the after the rapture, it's called the tribulation. Uh, the son of Satan will become elected. Uh huh. Become a world leader. People won't know he's Satan though. So that's going to happen after the rapture. Yes, a lot of stuff happens after. Oh wow! I, uh, this is all news to me. Yeah. So um, the one thing that they're going to do is they are going to do away with hard currency. And you are going to have to buy things by something that will be referred to, apparently, as the Mark of the Beast. It will be placed on your forehead or right hand. Oh, uh, wow. And uh, all I could think of when I was like, forehead or right hand, is your Google Glasses or your cell phone. <laughs> right? That you yep. hold in your hand or you put on your head face. Uh, your head face. Yeah, your head face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, some of us are, uh, have more head face than others. Um, and if you take that mark, you are doomed instantly to eternal damnation. No getting out of that one. Can't go say sorry. No take backs. 
So Apple Pay, Google Pay will will be You're marked. Instant damnation. You're marked. But if you don't take the mark, it means that co- commerce for you is impossible, right? Plus you will be hunted down and killed by people who have <clears throat> taken the mark. Oh my god. They will start actively hunting and killing <clears throat> people who have not taken the mark. Rapture Ready's Post Rapture Guide strongly advises that you start building up a gold reserve now. Of course they do. Because if you're not going to have the Mark of the Beast, Markster card, I guess they're going to call it, (laughs) you're going to need some way. so terrible. (laughs) You're going to need some way to continue to buy and sell and live. What makes all these people think that gold is going to mean a goddamn thing to people when it all goes to shit? Because it's precious metal. So what? It's not going to really mean anything. There's going to be a society. There's going to be <laughs> wars going on. Uh-huh. You need to read the a little bit of the Bible. Uh, next <laughs> a time little we bit. Do. Apparently next I have time to read we all do of it. An apocalypse show. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to know <laughs> what the apocalypse is. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but yeah, the, there are going to be massive wars, right? There's right. going to be wars between countries. There's going to be race wars. Uh-huh. There's going to be people hunting people who didn't take the mark. Uh-huh. It's not going to be good times, but it's there's still going to be times to be had, and there is our society times to be had. Yeah. Um, so, I the thing that got me about this though is this was preaching to the people who aren't religious, who aren't going to be raptured. Right. Why you start <laughs> hoarding gold if, for the rapture <laughs> if you if, if you're if you're that convinced it's going to happen? Just go the extra mile and do the religious stuff to get raptured. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, so um, I started looking into ways to test and measure gold, thinking I could, you know, buy a bunch of cheap tests somewhere, and they'd be worth a lot of money after the after the apocalypse mm-hmm. or after the rapture. Um, and when I was looking at it, it turns out this is why uh, gold is and silver are considered the the precious metals that they are uh-huh. and have an intrinsic value. Uh, they have a very specific atomic weight, those two metals. So you can have a certain amount and weigh it and know exactly how much gold that is. Right. It'll be the same every single time. Yes. Uh, so uh, then that way, you know, like if you just have like a little sextant thing and a scale, mm-hmm. you can tell exactly how much gold you have. You know exactly what it's worth. Um, and you can tell... That it hasn't been filled with lead or something like that, but they all these sites give one watch out for this though. Uh oh. Uh, there is an <clears throat> element called tungsten, which has an extremely similar atomic weight as gold, and is uh-huh. used to create fake gold bars. In 2012, ten gold bars were found in New York City containing tungsten, and since then, the whole world has been suspicious of U.S. gold, uh, going out of their way to say that we have U.S. gold, but we've triple-tested it and all this stuff. Like, it's really caused a turmoil in the gold community, uh, which we're part of. (laughs) Um, So I looked into tungsten. It is... has the highest melting point of any metal. Uh Uh-huh. And it's mainly used for light bulb filaments. 
Okay, so then why is why can't tungsten then become if it's if the the main reason is that it has to do with the atomic weight? Uh huh. Why can't tungsten become a major part of the new economy? It's ugly. <laughs> what uh, are you talking gold's, about? Gold's pretty. Okay. Tungsten's ugly. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what else is tungsten good for, though? It turns out it's ideal for bullets and yeah. missiles. Okay. Uh, and a tungsten bullet will go right through any body armor out there. Seems to me like tungsten in a post-apocalyptic society is worth way more than gold well, and silver. In in our pre-apocalyptical society, uh-huh. uh huh, gold is over twelve hundred dollars an ounce right now. Yep. Tungsten less than one dollar per ounce. Boom. Uh, so I'm. I, I'm going right out there. If you want to put all your eggs in one basket, screw gold. Yep. Get tungsten. Start stocking up. And after the apocalypse, you can shun that mark of the beast because you are sitting on a pile of tungsten That's from right. which you can sell to people for bullets, for mm-hmm. missiles, as we all war each other for seven years. War each other. <laughs> until those four horsemen show up. That, oh, that's when the horsemen are showing up. Oh, at the end, yeah. Oh, I don't... Uh, wow. The whole There's a lot line. that happens. There's all these comets hit the earth. There's <sighs> great famines. God, you poor Christians. <laughs> I feel so bad for you guys that you had to grow up with this madness. Oh, I, as I said, I didn't. Yeah, well, but the Christians, I say you guys to our listening audience who may be actual, like, were at one point or are currently Christian. I feel really bad for you that that's what you have hanging over your head. No wonder you're so scared all the time. <laughs> I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, but don't be scared. <clears throat> be rich. That's right. Exactly. The Money is power. Power is security. Security is the opposite of fear. Okay. Shit was heavy, right? That was heavy, Josh. Thank you. Um, so I, I think that's great. And I'm going to throw at you my post-apocalyptic uh, money-making idea. Mm-hmm. So I work on it on, on this sense. I, uh, the idea that, that these metals are going to be worth anything. Tungsten makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I agree with you 100% than anything else. But what's really going to be worth something to people, Right. There are going to be two things that are going to be worth more than anything. Because people have to live. Yep. They have to survive, right? And that's going to be food Mm -hmm. and water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Food. Eh, food's going to be, to a sense, relatively easy to come by. There'll still be farmers out there. There's still going to be uh, uh, access to MREs. There are people that are stockpiling like crazy. But there's going to come a point. We're already in a point where we're running out of water. Yeah. Right? And because of this, people are coming up with technologies to try to create water literally out of thin air. Ooh. And so I was looking at some of these technologies. Uh Uh-huh. Like a dehumidifier? That would work. Yeah. A dehumidifier absolutely works, although that water is not necessarily potable. Okay. From a dehumidifier. And... After the apocalypse, kind of sketchy where you're going to get the electricity from. That's true. Right? But same, same idea, similar ideas. So I did some research, as I do when I look up these things, uh-huh. and I found that <clears throat> there's a Kickstarter campaign for a company called Water. Okay. And they are named after a tree, and I think Ethiopia, called the Worka. Okay. 
and they are towers made out of bamboo. They cost about uh, $1,000 to manufacture, so I would imagine the purchase price will be around five, six grand, somewhere okay. around yeah. there. They come in five modules. They go up to uh, 17 feet high by about uh, 10 feet around, and they are designed to take the ambient water, no matter where you are, and condense it and turn it into... Uh, potable water. Okay, and it doesn't turn it into it per se, but what it does is basically collects dew, uh-huh. it collects fog, and it collects rain and collects it. Okay, and in a twenty-four hour period of time, one of these uh, things can collect up to twenty-seven gallons of water oh, in, a, wow. in a day. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. Right? It is. It's non-electric. You don't need to do anything for upkeep other than check on it, make sure it doesn't get knocked over. Mm-hmm. It's movable. It's very easy. You can you can put it together. It comes in five pieces, and you can put it together in about an hour, right? Super simple. Super simple. So you get a property, get yourself a property somewhere where you can put up a lot of these, you know, even if it's 100 of them, and you're collecting 2,600 gallons of water a day yeah that's a lot of water you're a water corporation you're a water corporation in a time where water is going to be really needed yeah and this is fresh super potable water you can then start growing all of your own stuff with all of the water that you're creating and then you can get into the food bag too yeah right then i said well okay so that's a good if you only have a several thousand dollars right you Uh want to just get into it and start it going that's a great way to do it but what about something else? What if you got a little more money that you want to invest? Well, fella in Australia has come up with a turbine windmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name, I believe, is Max Wisson, and it's called the Wisson Windmill. And it is a completely self-sustaining windmill system. And it's just like the big turbines you see that do use wind for electricity. Yeah. And so you have the big windmill fan and then behind the windmill inside the casing is a large fan that's drawing wind into it. Around the fan are all coolant coils, okay? Right? That have compressed coolant running through them. The wind passes through, tons of condensation happens and it just runs right down the pole into a giant uh, receptacle okay. at the bottom, right? Uh, and the windmill is creating the electricity to run the refrigeration system in it. Yeah. So it's completely self-sustaining. This one unit, mm-hmm. which runs about, they're expecting, it's it, they're working on it, so, but they're expecting it to run about $43,000, U.S. dollars, will be able to generate up to 2,000 gallons of water a day. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yep. great. And you can do this anywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. Even the driest desert, I think the Najib Desert in Israel, which is considered the driest desert on the planet, has moisture in the air. Yeah. Yeah, you may not be able to get 2,000 gallons of water a day. Maybe it's half that or even a quarter of that, but it's still something. Yeah. Right? And you can irrigate with it. 
you can sell that water, and it's going to be fresh, good water, not poison shit. Yeah. Because God knows after the apocalypse what's going to happen. You know, people get raptured up there that are running machinery that prevents poison from getting in these rivers. You know, nuclear uh, uh, guys who are running nucle- nuclear uh, uh, sites suddenly disappear, and the whole thing goes to shit. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of poison everywhere. This is fresh, fresh, fresh water. Yeah. That that you have. So so that's what I got for you. Water, water, water. Work a water, Wisson windmill. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, I like it. You know what? If it does turn out that Donald Trump is the Antichrist, uh-huh. uh huh, <laughs> he'll still have electricity running, and gold will still be valuable because yeah, it's the same color as he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's a lot of money you guys just made on this episode alone. So much money. It's it, it, it's it's. Falling out of your pockets, it's crushing you. Uh, <laughs> you got to do something with that money. You what can't just hoard it and wait for the end of the world. You can't take that money with you when you're raptured. <laughs> uh, so you got to go out there. You got to use that money. If you're still sitting on your couch and you're snuggy because you're gross, <laughs> use this as inspiration to get off the couch, put on some freaking clothes that cover your butt, and make that money so brought to you by radio free brooklyn please mr josh take it away Send that money. <laughs> if you're a big fan of the hbo hit series game of thrones and if you have an extra thirty thousand dollars lying around you could be the proud owner of a replica of the seat of kings in the seven kingdoms the chair weighs 350 pounds is over seven feet tall and will make you feel like royalty the downside other than the ridiculous price tag is that the throne is extremely uncomfortable not to mention the fact that the pointy edges are dangerous it may not be practical but it is a work of art if you have the money why not buy a whole set for your dining room i gotta say you know i think that dovetails in kind of nicely to sort of like when you are like the post-apocalyptic king of water yeah. in the American redoubt and you are, you can have your Game of Thrones film that you sit on and view people come up begging you for water. Yeah. Like right out of, you know, Mad Max Fury Road, the third best of the Mad Max film. <laughs> Josh and I got in a, a big argument about the, the Mad Max films the other day. <laughs> It's amazing we're still survived to uh, air another episode. It, it really is. I have to agree <laughs> with you on that one. Um, you got anything else, Noel? I, I do not. That That's my wad. Well, so I, I, you know, I just want to talk about, I thought this was going to be like a super easy thing, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I didn't realize what a huge, huge, huge business the apocalypse is in this country. Oh, yeah. Um, particularly amongst the preppers, I had an idea of like, well, you know, what's every prepper person need? They need a mate, right? Mm -hmm. None of these things happen. You know, you can't homestead without a woman in the house, in the kitchen, and the man out in the fields killing, you know, black people or something like that. (laughs) You just can't do it, right? And I thought, well, duh, a dating site. And so I just did a quick prepper dating site there's three of them out there. Mm-hmm. Three. Like, there's enough preppers out there looking for a mate that there needs to be three online dating sites yeah. that are all functioning. They're called, like, uh, <clears throat> Doomsday Dating, yeah. the SurvivalistSingles.com, crazy shit like that. Um, 
I, I was just kind of uh, kind of blown away by <coughs> stuff like that. I did have one, and working on the sort of evangelical front, and I, I couldn't quite figure it out. So maybe you might have some ideas, but I'm going to throw it out just so evangelicals. There's mm-hmm. a, a a huge thing, and I think it's happened in the past twenty or thirty years, and it's called <coughs> Christian Zionism. Okay, and what it is is evangelicals are sending money to Israel yes. in droves, yes. supporting Israel in droves because Israel is where it's all going to go down. They're trying to bring about <clears throat> that is correct the apocalypse. That is correct. And so what they're doing is they're funding uh, uh, groups in Israel to expand Israel because they have to take over all of what is considered Palestine uh, to allow this to happen. That's part of the prophecy, as I understand. Yeah. I don't know the specifics, but so they're funneling money into Israel at a rate of almost six hundred million dollars a year. Uh huh. Okay, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. And so the question is, how do you get some of that money, right? So I had an idea. Well, you know, on this idea of the sort of prepper co-ops for urban areas, right? You start a whole process of prepper. Uh. Uh. Uh gated communities Mm -hmm. in Israel, not necessarily filled with Israelites, but maybe that these Christian Zionists can come and see what's going on in the real world, be a part of that, be on the front lines of it, so you could create uh, 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 these communities in disputed areas Uh that are essentially not necessarily filled with uh, Jews, but with uh, evangelicals, yeah. so they can really help hasten along in that way. But I was just trying to think how you can uh, tap into that money in somehow. And I, that was the thing. I couldn't necessarily come up with anything with that, so I don't know if you've got— Yeah, you could be a cow breeder. They're, they're also trying to br- bring back some species of cow, uh-huh. and that cow has something to do with the coming of the apocalypse. Really? Yeah, and there's a specific <clears throat> cow they're trying to make. Really? And, 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 and it's basically— yeah, fundamentalist Christian money going into making this cow. And do they have genetic tissue from this that they're trying to trying to recreate excuse me, recreate a cow that from that period of time, or are they just trying to crossbreed to a point? I, I don't remember. It it was a while back, a uh-huh. few years ago that I read about this, but there is a specific <clears throat> cow that fundamentalist Christians are funding the creation of this cow. So for any of our ranchers out there, yeah, and we know they're out there. Maybe this is uh, a way you can go. You know, stop taking, you know, that meat money. Stop, you know, living off the government's teat with your subsidies and just tap into the evangelical Christian cow breeding market. Yeah, the cow teat. Cow teat, yeah. <laughs> Do a little research on that yep. and uh, and see what you come up with and see what this cow needs to be. And maybe you have what you need right there on the property already. Yeah. Like um, they say in the scriptures... Cows have more teats than any man. <laughs> How many do they got? They got a bunch. They do. They have like six. They don't have as many teats as dogs do, though, I don't think. No. Usually they have like six. Uh, let's make a dog. Powder. Oh, the, <laughs> apocalyptic dog. <laughs> that will then be taken care of by a bunch of atheists. Yeah. Hey, if you want to take care of us, uh, you can <laughs> reach out and... Say hi. Give us tips to judge our schemes by. Give us topics. Give us insults. Anything you want. Mm-hmm. Give us our ten percent. Yeah. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter 
at GRQ Josh Noel. Uh huh. You can uh, email us at uh, GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. Or you can Facebook us at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. Uh, yes, you can. And, you know, Noel, I think it's about that time. I do think it's about that time. You know, our ideas are great. How do you know that they're as good as we say they are? Well, I'll tell you how. Josh himself, the one and only Josh, scours the internet for rules of getting rich to which we will put our schemes up against and prove their worth. Josh, what are schemes come from? Our uh, rules come from this week. I just want to put a challenge out there, okay, to all the list makers. You make up whatever money-making list that you can come up with, and I challenge you to defeat us. We will meet, if not exceed, whatever criteria you have on your list. Yeah, without fail. I, I without percent fail. Yeah. So today comes from some paltry magazine called business insider okay i've heard of it seven tips to create massive wealth okay i will i feel i need to read this editor's note okay uh the author is a kid by the name of daniel ally and the editor's note an earlier version of this article stated that daniel ally became a self-made millionaire at age 24 we are no longer confident in those assertions and have removed them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, take this for what it's worth. That's right. Um, number one, aim for explosive growth. Yeah, the apocalypse. <laughs> boom. Everything's exploding. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that would uh, be as explosive as that, it would be the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, number two, imagine... That you're a millionaire right now. Yeah. That's what we're doing. That's what the show is. That's right. Two for two. Yeah. <clears throat> and number three, <clears throat> in order to achieve a major goal, you must select your tool for wealth and use it to serve a large number of people. Yeah. <clears throat> Water. Yeah. I mean. Godless children. <clears throat> Godless children. There's a large number of people that need to be served by every single one of our ideas. There are. Um, and we'll do one more. You yeah, think one we more. Got time we got time for, for one, one more. more. Quick. Um, uh, sorry. To build your skills, confidently apply them to your dreams. Well, I think since the rapture is a fantasy, <laughs> <laughs> we are clearly... Applying these to some kind of weird fever dream. That's right. So you're getting rich. That's right. And uh, uh, we're four for four, my friend, once we again. So uh, once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs>